You are listening to Read Around the Rosé, the podcast full of rosé. We are just two best friends who love murder mysteries and dystopian novels while drinking wine, because, well, <laughs> that's just what we do. This is the book club podcast that you never knew you wanted. I'm Nicole. And I'm Megan. It's been a while since we've done this. I know. And last time you messed me all up by taking my part. So I felt that was way better than last time, but still a little rusty. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Oh, man. Okay, so this week we are discussing the third book. I think it's the last one. This is the last one. Yeah. I don't know. I I felt like I was reading when I was looking for like fun facts about authors. Like there might have been a hint about maybe a fourth. But as far as I know, for now, this is the last. But, like, the epilogue at the end, I feel like, just yeah, kind of probably, wraps it all probably up. pretty much done. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, it's Rebelborn by... Um, Amy A. Bartle. Yes. And again, this is the third series we did. It was the um, second born, Traitor Born, and now Rebelborn. Rebelborn. Uh, but before I read the description, what are we drinking today, Megan? Yes, yes, yes. All right, so Nicole is pretty cool and um, subscribes to local wineries where we live here in Texas. So um, she has this Silver Dollar Texas Tornado wine, and the bottle is super cute. There's even there's even a cow <laughs> swept up in the tornado. You know, I didn't think about this until just now. So this wine doesn't really fit with our book theme. No. Like sometimes we try to do, not always. Yeah. But it does tie into our weather right now it's like what tornado season it sure is it's been kind of a nuts like spring season yeah there was not where we live um in our city but like a couple cities over there was like golf saw golf ball sized hail Mm -hmm. that like destroyed and demolished everything yeah so let's hope um pinkies cross or fingers crossed whatever that um (laughs) Does it happen where we live? Exactly. But a little bit about this wine. Like a wild Texan tornado, our white blend smooths out the storm, allowed to hang on to the vine to pull ripeness, a rich golden color with a touch of minerality and classic melon and fruit notes. Paris, well, Paris. It says pears. <laughs> pears well with chicken, fish, fruit, and great times with friends and family. Well, hopefully we're about to have great times. So. And it's 13 and a half. Not bad. So not bad at all. Let's hope um, I don't splash everything with this bottle of wine. Point away from the equipment. Point away. Away from the equipment. Excuse <laughs> <Just keep laughs> me. me. It's fine. It's fine. I'll get it one day. Maybe not. Oh. <laughs> that was so loud. That was sexy, right? I loved it, but I was like, oh. yes. I don't need to worry about getting the cork out of it. Who am I kidding? We're going to yeah. split the bottle. That woke me up. Yes. <laughs> oh, and we brought back our real glass glasses this time, so we get an actual clink and not a thud <laughs> that you can't even very hear pathetic thud yeah and when i edit in those episodes like you can't even hear it every time we clink 
It's like just nothing. Meh. There's no sound at all. Oh, you gave me a real heavy pour. <laughs> Did I though? Oh, I guess when you were holding it up, it nah, looked. It looked. Not, it you looked, just got a good extra little sippy sip. When you were holding it up, it looked way different. And, and we clink. And drink. It's not the best white blend I've ever had, but it's not the worst. Yeah, I think I gave you the bigger glass. Do you want to switch? No, it's okay. Okay. You know, once you get two or three, four sips in, then it's fine. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think, I think it's the because it's the darker yellow in color. Mm. I think it reminds me of like Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Or something. You mean cat piss? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I, I knew I had it in the fridge because I I didn't get to choose. It just came, and I was like. I don't think that was one of my favorite wines, but obviously we have to eventually drink it, right? And we're not true Chardonnay haters. I think we've I discovered, well, I've discovered, I like a Chardonnay with a heavy honey flavor to it, so it covers up the cat piss taste. So, okay, I guess I I mostly... Or like a smoky honey. I mostly, you know, will just say no, because you never know what, what it's going to be. Never know. But I think there has been a couple, like when we're doing a wine tasting... I think for me, it's either a buttery mm. or a smoky flavor that those are the ones I don't mind if it's a Chardonnay. See, your cousin, Stephanie, uh-huh. one year for my birthday, got me a smoky honey Chardonnay. Mm. I thought I was going to hate it. Mm-hmm. That turned out to be what changed my mind on Chardonnay because I thought oh, nice. all Chardonnays were, you know. But that one actually balanced well with the smokiness and the sweet together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I couldn't taste like that Ugh, true Chardonnay-ness. So the first time I tasted a Chardonnay that I actually was like, oh, I thought I was going to hate it, though. I was like, that was actually good. It was at a winery in Keller. I went with Alicia one day, and we just did a wine tasting. And I told him I didn't like Chardonnays, but Alicia does. And he's like, I, you might like this one. And I did. And I, I can't remember. It's, a, it's been a long time. Mm. So I can't remember. It was either described as buttery or smoky, though. And so ever since then, I'm like, okay, if it has those notes, fine. But I'm like, how do I know until you taste it? And I'm not going to buy a bottle just to find out. No, because <laughs> if you buy the wrong kind, well. <laughs> but anyways. Exactly. Okay. Let's get into the synopsis of Rebel. Yes. And Rebel I, Born. Yeah, Rebel Born. I was not smart and got it preloaded or anything. So just, you know, own momentum for more. Do, 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 do. Just kidding. Here we go. Ready. All right. One more time for those who didn't remember. Rebel Born by Amy A. Bartol. And I'm reading this per use from goodreads.com. Yes. Roselle faces a mind-reeling showdown with the deep state agent controlling her psyche. Roselle Saints' mode is many things, victim of a conspiracy, unwilling host of an ever-evolving mind algorithm, spy for a rebel army, and heir to the fate of swords. As a warrior, she's also the anticipated main event at the Second Born Trials. When the opening ceremonies erupt in chaos, Roselle is abducted by a sadistic agent with a diabolical plan, transform Roselle into a mind-controlled assassin to topple society. But a rogue scientist has implanted Roselle with a genius technology that is far more powerful. It renders her untouchable, faster, stronger, 
and maybe immortal. With her enhanced abilities come the highest stakes yet as Roselle confronts shifting realities at every turn as well as her own mother's stunning betrayal. Racing against time with a determined resistance group, can Roselle overthrow the forces of destruction and reclaim the most valuable of commodities? Her humanity? Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> that was beautiful. It was actually a really good description of this book. Yeah. Okay, I don't even need my phone for the rest of this, so. All right, here we go. Ready <clears throat> and willing. All right, I'm just going to, I was trying to figure out, you know, like where my real first question began. <laughs> I'm just going to start from the, the top and we'll go, we'll just discuss. Very first thing I wrote down, what the fuck? They killed the second ones and their pot? Remember that? Like, in the showdown? Like, they talked about, um, like, they kind of did, like, a flashback, I guess, of, like, wow. Oh, yes, 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 When Roselle. Okay, I'm there now. I'm there now. But what's the question? That was just, that's what I was like. I said we could just discuss. I have a lot of, I've a lot of discussing. <laughs> that was, um, so the book opens up, you're right, now my memory is there. They're in the, back in the tree, kind of like military forts. Like, you can see all the secondborns, they're like watching the trials where Roselle and, um. Rankin. Rankin are fighting. And all of a sudden this, um, type of toxic gas gets pumped into all their chambers. And one of the characters, the first characters was like, yeah, I knew like Roselle and. Hawthorne yeah. and all that, and then like all of a sudden he went sleepy by forever. Like he was mad. He's like, I'm. Not, I hate Hawthorne. Like he was my best friend all these years, and once he became firstborn, he just dropped me. And I saw how heartbroken Roselle was. So I think he was like pissed off at Hawthorne, but he was like rooting for Roselle and everything. And then he just start. He wasn't actually in his pod at first, but he's like, okay, fine, I'll go in the pod and watch. And then. He, all of them. You find out they all got trapped. They all trapped and died. And and died. I was like, oh, I mean, luckily later so we get more information about that mm-hmm. awful event, and it mm-hmm. doesn't help. It's just now a tree gravesite for everyone. Awesome. Yeah. So my first question is: Did you expect the turn of events where Crow kidnapped Roselle and was trying to take over the world with the Black O's? No. I mean, I wondered what his plan was, but I really thought he was working a lot more closely with her mother than he was. He was kind of a... He was just all on his own, just trying mm-hmm. to dominate everything. Now, the whole... Like, I knew he went with her, or she had to go with him, or, or whatever, but I, I didn't know, like, in the end of the last book, where they were going to take it, like... It went whatever. So I, my whole thing at the beginning, I'm like, I just kept thinking, okay, Roselle, how are you going to get out of this one? How are you going to get out of this one? <laughs> and I feel like out of this series, this book was the most um, different, off target, mm-hmm. different. It was, um, it didn't fit with the rest of the series. Yeah, I felt like, and I'm sure we'll discuss it, but I feel like a lot of the elements that were brought into this book were kind of coming out of left field and didn't quite fit with the dystopian genre of the series that I thought it was. Yeah, it started off like dystopian 
and obviously sci-fi because it takes place in the future. But it went whatever. more like straight sci-fi. Yes, and actually, my next point goes right into like the yeah the go for it the black O's or zeros or whatever they were called. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I know you don't watch Star Trek, but Will obviously is a huge fan. Yeah, and he's made me watch all of them. Yes, so not on purpose. I know a lot about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> And the way they describe the black O's, and this is just another talking point. I don't have like a yeah question for you, but there's a species on Star Trek called the Borg, and they are a collective series, not not series species. Um, they call themselves the Collective, like they are Borg, um, but they're half like human, half like robot okay android okay and so it just like reminded me so much and they have do have kind of like a, a leader but they don't have names they call like the main leader the one that i know of her name is seven of nine so like there's a little clan so like she's number seven of nine like in her clan but there's like hundreds or thousands yeah. of the borg and they even i probably wrote it down eventually so i'll, I'll come back to this but there was a quote that was almost, I feel like she, the author changed it around just enough so it wasn't completely copying. But it was basically the same quote that the Borg uses in Star Trek. And I was like, I was like she has to be a Star Trek fan because the similarities were just <laughs> so, they were too close to ignore if you know anything about Star Trek. Which I don't, so yeah. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, so someone out there probably knows something about Star Trek. Um, and I'll show you later, like a clip or whatever, so you can see what I mean. Okay. But anyways, your turn. Oh, okay. This is a talking point, not really a question yet. I'll get to a question eventually. <laughs> All right. So let's discuss the head controlling devices, if we haven't already. I thought those were really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so it turns out that Ransom, Rankin's brother, happened to be the head scientist. Obviously. Duh. <laughs> and he and just the scientists have been putting these head controlling devices that only Crow has the main um, controlling device. And everyone else is like a drone. And, but Roselle gets this special one that can adapt and change to her personality and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. Yeah, so, like, the main hmm. the main implant that Crow wanted uh, implanted into everyone's brain was so that he and the Spectrum. Spectrum. Him. <clears throat> yeah, I think in, initially... The spectrum was supposed to be more than just him, but obviously he he took over. He is a dictator for yeah. sure. Um, but it was supposed to be where just spectrum could control, like mind control, and like that's how that's how they got Hawthorne to like, you know, try to fight yeah. and kill Roselle. Um, and they're technically kind of like um asleep while they're under their control, so that when they're awake, they just feel like themselves. Mm -hmm. But when they are under the control. They're zombies. They're zombies. They have no idea what they're doing. When they wake up, they have no recollection of what they did either. 
And I feel like that's pretty fucked up. So do you, what did you think of the addition of Ransom? Do you think it was smart for him to give Rizal an upgraded brain device? Yes. Or was it more expected in the book? I didn't think, I didn't know. Like, I kept wondering. Okay, so when they realized, when she realized he was Ransom. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really know who she was or anything except for the star on her hand, the scar. Once again, how many times is that going to come into play? Yeah, so that that helped save her because it was his his brother's initials were on it, like, in particular. So he's like, okay, she says they were close. Like, I don't know for sure, but it seemed, but he also knew her as, you know, the sword. You've neglected your drink. Oh, well, I'm talking. It's hard to talk and drink. We'll take a sip <laughs> and then go back to your rant and continue. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep it fun. So I think he was looking for a way out and he knew who she was. He knew that she um, could fight. She knew, like, he knew that she had some sort of power ish just by being. A badass. Just, you know what maybe I mean? Maybe not a, like a power, but just like, not that just she has, like special athletic ability. Yeah, like not not like special powers, but like yeah. powerful. Like yeah. she's a powerful figure yeah. in the society. And if she had any connection to his brother, I think he knew like he, if he was going to try and take a chance, like she was probably his best chance. Absolutely. Because like you said, I feel like later in the book, was I couldn't have done this <laughs> surgery in my own brain. Like, that's not going to happen. Sorry, there's a gnat flying around. And- that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> but do you think overall it was a good addition and a next, like, character and a next storyline to be added to the book? Or do you feel like his storyline and all that was unnecessary? Oh, he was definitely necessary. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Because you know that Raiken was searching for him the whole time. Yes. And I think maybe it was a little convenient that he happened to be her technician. But sometimes books have to be a little bit. It has to be a little convenient at some points. But I think it was, uh, I think it was good that Reagan finally did get to find his brother and find out what happened to him. And that he turned out to be a good person and really wanted to help him defeat Crow. Good person now after he did a lot of bad, but he was trying to right his wrongs. But. He didn't have a choice. He did not have a choice. And you're correct. He had to do all of that so he could survive. Yep. Sure did. I I wouldn't call him a bad person. He was just trying to survive. I'm thinking more or less like what he thought of himself Mm. in the book because he was just so down on himself as a character. Knowing what he's done. He's helped. Yeah. Yeah. That does make sense. Mm -hmm. But I feel like none of it was his fault. No. I mean, when census is involved... I feel like either you die or you just do what you're told. And he did what he was told, but, like, more glamorous. Okay. Here's a just kind of a deep question about okay. the book. And All right. Bring whatever. it. Bring it. Do you think there is any merit to the original idea of controlling population? Like, they're needing... Because um, the way the whole society got started with the whole, like, second-born thing... Um, I think it started out with just trying to control population where in order to give birth, you needed a birth card or like basically a permit. Like you had to like 
sort of take a test or like prove that you are worthy. Yeah. Like, do you think there's any real life merit to to that at all? So one of the one book I read when I was younger, I can't remember the name, but I would love to go back and reread it. Mm-hmm. Is about a family that they lived in a society or. Um, I don't want to necessarily say it was the continent of Asia where they came from, but like there's been, I'll get back to the Asia continent just mm-hmm. because I know a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. But in this society, in this book, you can only have two children. You had a third, the third in this story was hidden away in an attic and, um, they communicated with another third born and just like that, like you can only have two. Mm-hmm. And I know previously in history, in certain countries in Asia, you can only have two children. Because That's if true. you had more than that, it was, like, out of population control. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting that this book took that perspective. And I'm wondering if Amy Bartell has um, kind of, like, a family history, maybe, with something, like, related in the past of that. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I have no idea. But that yeah. would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Or just the um, realization that some countries cannot keep up with the population that they're having. So that would be the next logical step for them is population control. Mm-hmm. But it's also taking away rights and freedoms and basic amendments that everyone deserves. Yeah. So I think it teeters on the fact of fantasy, of people wish they control population like this, mm-hmm. and reality, whereas maybe we are becoming overpopulated. So it was a great contrast between the two worlds, and I think – she did a great job displaying what could happen if there was too much off population mm-hmm. and you only had to had two and what a society would look like. Yeah. Because even sometimes in our society, speaking as a middle born child, the firstborns sometimes are looked a little higher in certain aspects. They're looked on a little wiser. They've gone through more things that this and that. Whereas sometimes as the second born or even the second out of three, like, it's not as valued as an opinion as much because your older sibling has already been through it. Mm-hmm. So it has a good mix between a lot of different cultures. Yeah. So I'm really curious of where she got all her ideas from because it's very unique. Yeah. And hit home sometimes I'm, as a second born. All right. Yeah. I love all of your points. And I think I went, like, a completely different direction in my head with it. Yeah. Or needing like a birth card in order to give birth i guess in my and what i'm thinking is like okay you don't necessarily have to be told how many kids you can or can't have but you have to pass a test to prove that you're able to take care of a kid that you're like mentally sound you're a stable person you're like that sort of like thing like i mean obviously that's not realistic to actually no, happen it's not but you see some parents that have kids and you're just like you should not have a child absolutely like i think in a fantasy world it'd be cool if there was some sort of test to be like okay you're gonna be good parents but tests <laughs> in that in that aspect tests are so subjective they are and that's why it would yeah honestly never work out but i see where you're thinking yeah and it would be really interesting because I know in my family or other families or just like personal relationships around mm-hmm. me, there are some people that are having children that just like, are you ready to have your fourth or fifth or sixth child when mm-hmm. you can't take care of the first? Exactly. So it's always a really interesting dynamic 
of watching though their lives unravel. And mm-hmm. though we wish sometimes there was a birthing test that they could take. And I guess I, I, I mean, I know a car is not a living, breathing thing, but like you have to go through these tests and pass a test yes, to be able do. to operate a vehicle. You sure do. So I guess I was kind of thinking of it like somewhere along those lines, like, you should have to have some sort of basic understanding and knowledge of like truly what you're about to get into to bring a human being into life that you're going to, you know what I mean? In other aspects, <laughs> most jobs, you have to have an internship where you get, you don't get paid. Mm-hmm. And then you have another internship where you get paid shit. Mm-hmm. And then you get your career in the field that you work so hard for. Yeah. So it's kind of the same realm. But it's not reality. No. And I'm not, And I don't think that it, for not, most people, I don't think it should happen. No. It's just on the, the rare, you're like, oh man, that person <laughs> should not be a parent. <laughs> I agree. It's a Anyways. fantasy that is a good fantasy to think about. Sometimes. Yeah. I just thought it was a good, like, kind of, it is not really controversial. Maybe it is a little controversial. And no, just, you're right. It is. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think Crow was being honest when he told Roselle that Hawthorne only thought of his ex-love from book one? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? So do you think Crow was being honest with Roselle when um, he told her that Hawthorne only thought of his ex-love? The one that ki- got killed in book one? Oh, um. Where he was just like, every time he was with you, he really thought of her. I don't know. I think maybe there was some truth to it. I don't I don't think it was every time he was with her. He said when he dreamed. While he was sleeping and dreaming because he had access to his dreams. But sometimes when he was like kissing Roselle, he was like pretending that he was with the other person. I guess I missed that or forgot that part. I So I only thought it was like while he was dreaming. That he only dreamed of Agnes. There we go. I didn't remember her name when I wrote that question. Um, but I could see, I could see both being true though, because he was, she was his first true love, and she died. Yeah. I don't think it means that he didn't love Roselle, but she died tragically trying to help him, and so he probably can't help but to think of her. Yeah. And so I. I think it might, there is some validity to that, but um, I don't think it takes away from how he felt about Roselle. Okay. I feel like it's just a natural human thing. Like, you have those deep feelings for a person, and now they're not there anymore. And yes, you have these deep feelings for another, but maybe he's feeling guilty that maybe he moved on too soon. Or feeling guilty because she died helping him save Roselle. Mm Mm-hmm. Before he even had feelings for Roselle. But I definitely think Crow embellished a little bit. Yes, probably. But I do think he... Not completely. Not completely, just... Yeah. To rile her up to want exactly. to... Uh, get back. But, I again, I don't think... Um, I don't think he would have done it like... It's not like, oh, I wish you were Agnes. It's probably more of a guilt. Like, oh, she died. Mm-hmm. And now I'm with you, and she can't be here. And I think it was more probably a guilt thing than yeah. a wishing Roselle was Agnes. Mm-hmm. Okay, good thoughts. What you got next? Um, 
As smart and resourceful as Roselle can be, she's equally dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Why would she think Ransom betrayed her? He obviously didn't convert her properly on purpose to help her and, and in turn his brothers. So, I guess when she woke up from the pod... Yeah, and and they had the conversation, and she like just was having such a hard time trusting him, and I was just like, "Why would he betray you? Like he's helping you, and because he's helping you, he's helping his brother. Like, I don't know. I just can't. Like, she just seems so stupid sometimes. <laughs> I agree, but it's like he's an enemy, even though he's not, but he is. So don't trust, but trust, but don't. I, I think there's just a lot of emotions going on, especially, I mean, in her world, you got everything ripped away from you. And in the last book, I think her father was, he died in the last book, right? Mm-hmm. And all of this shit is happening to you. you. Sometimes you just don't know who to trust and who not to trust. And those that you should trust, you probably should, but then you think you shouldn't. And so it's a cycle of life. Okay. I think in the moment I was just like super annoyed with her because my very next note before we move on, I just put, I'm sorry, but Roselle is so annoying. <laughs> I can't even remember exactly what part of the book, but she was just being really whiny and like probably complaining. And I feel like that's off and on the whole series, to be honest. Yeah. With so you. whenever I wrote that, there was probably yeah. a particular, but I didn't write any like specifics around it. Okay. So my next for you is. What did you think of Afala and Crow's relationship? Did you have any predictions for that one? I had zero predictions when it came to them, other than the fact that I thought they were working, like, hand in hand. I did not realize that it was mostly Crow, and, like, she was just going along, thinking he was going to help her, and then he's just like, nah, bitch, you're dead. So can you elaborate (laughs) on just, like, the death part? Because that's my next question, but I feel like because you're already there... Um, Afala's betrayal and Crow's counter betrayal and honestly, I'm real fuzzy on the details. It's been two. Weeks. Let me remind your brain. Yeah, you it's ready? been two weeks since I've done it and I've listened and read a lot of other things. It's, it's been three weeks for me, but let me remind you. You're way better at remembering am, than me. I'm so good at the details. Are just what makes sense yeah. to me. Okay, so Afala had this ring that she kept playing with. And even though Rosa was like, mm, what's this ring? <laughs> what is it? She kept playing with it. And then it revealed that the Council of Senses wanted her to execute Crow. Through some poisonous gas in this ring, well, motherfucker Crow already figured her shit out. And instead, motherfucking killed Ophala with the same fucking gas and figured this, like, it was a whole meh okay. cycle. Okay. Thank you so much. I remember all of that I'm now. I'm so glad that my vague description of motherfucker yes. really helped you. <laughs> like, okay, now I remember. Like, but when you're first, like, telling me her betrayal, and then I'm like, I, I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, okay, now I remember. Okay, okay. I think, didn't he, like, switch out the ring? So, like, when she opened up the ring it did nothing yeah yes yes like yes. he gave her like a fake yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yeah and then he had he's just like oh you're looking for this <laughs> bomb bitch die uh yeah i thought it was pretty great actually because 
fuck that bitch. She <laughs> went on a whole rant about how a worthless piece of shit Roselle was. Exactly. Like, she, mm. even in the society of, you know, basically giving your secondborns away eventually. Yeah. I feel like a lot of mothers still were kind of like, Nurturing a little bit. Yeah, nurturing a little bit. (laughs) Bless you. Thank you. I was trying to not sneeze really loud. (laughs) Instead, it sounded like a trumpet. So, I was, like, so glad that, like, she ended up dead. Now, I would have been happier if she had succeeded in her plan of killing Crow. Yes. Then the book would have had no meat for the rest. But as we find out, you can't really kill Crow that easily. No. Okay. It's not... This is... Okay. Going back to the whole Borg thing. Here's my quote that I said that was like pretty much exact. Okay. So I said, this author must be a Star Trek fan. So the quote that was in the book said, we are the senses. Do not resist us. And like the really famous quote in Star Trek about the Borg is, we are the Borg. Resistance is futile. Oh, okay. Like, I couldn't help, but that's too close. Thank your husband for ya. Right? But that's too close of yeah, a quote. Like, it is too close. So I was like, she must be a Star Trek fan. Has to be. Okay. Um, I'm just going to keep reading until I get a real quote, a real question. Okay. Next thing. OMG. Fucking Crow. Made her slaughter her allies and behead Clifton. And then I drew an angry face. <laughs> that is a real angry face. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. Do you think Roselle should kill Crow or her mother first? <laughs> and then. Oh. But then I said, well, Roselle didn't get to kill her mom, but at least someone did. And look at my little doodle. I went, <laughs> a little shoulder shrug. I got one for you. Okay, go ahead. So, my next um, question, not question, just statement was, Crow grew into the body. Blech. Let's discuss. I even did the little emoji that was throwing up. Mm. Yeah. I think... Oh, okay, so I put... Um... I said, is Crow dead that easily? Hmm. <laughs> like, definitely not. Yeah, like, I was, like, real happy and, like, okay, yes, finally, but it also seemed way too easy. So, when he came back, I was pissed, but I was also would have not surprised. You were just like, I still have eight and a half hours yeah. left on this book. <laughs> like, of course he's coming back. Exactly. Like, that's, <laughs> I mean, the mom is already dead. He's already dead. Like, what's left? And, but there's eight, hour, eight hours left somehow. Yeah. Um, that not, was... just, not just one body, Nicole. He had a whole army of his own bodies growing. Yeah, and he brought back Flanagan. Oh, I know. That was a good, like, throwback. Yeah. At first, I, I was like, Flanagan. And I was like, oh, Flanagan. And do you remember in the last trader, last episode we recorded, I asked who Malcolm was? Because at the beginning, they were, like, going to execute him, and then they decided not to. Well, I just wrote this. Well, Malcolm showed up again. I think Roselle helped convince someone from executing him last time, so... I suppose he's actually there to help Roselle instead of kill. <laughs> and I think he did help. 
but I think he ended up getting killed. Killed, yeah. And then, oh, I said, okay, Malcolm and his dad are killed. Roselle has a sword now, but Hawthorne is protecting Crow. Oh, these are, I think this was just me trying to note what happened. She fought soldiers. Triggers cannons from the severed arm. <laughs> oh, so she could open the ceiling, which was under the pool, and that's how they all drowned. Yeah. I put, is Crow really dead? I'm not sure I believe it. And he grew another body. Blech. And then I'm just going to go through this. I must not have actually come up with that many questions, just notes. <laughs> um, instead of poking and prodding Crow, she should just cut his head off to be sure he's dead for good. And then I was like, oh, she does one better. She cuts him right in half from head to crotch. But then shortly after, we find out that Crow was still alive because he was growing all those bodies um all right here we go what are your thoughts about Trina? i thought he was cool i liked his <laughs> character i have no complaints he was just kind of like the breath of fresh air that was just badass he was like a big giant but turtle lizard dragon 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 but the thing that he brought which was why this book kind of took a weird turn for me was like i know they mentioned gods in the other um other two books but mm -hmm. not I didn't think they were as prevalent as they were going to be in this book. And Cherno was like, oh, I was a god. And, and he's blah, a dragon. Blah, blah. And I'm a dragon. And there's a god. Gods are alive. Yeah. And so me, as the reader, I got a little confused about where this book was going. And so that's where the book kind of took a weird turn for me. Like, it made, it made sense. But... I I wouldn't have taken it that realm. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have. It was honestly kind of a weird, not cop out, but. So for me, when they talked about it was gods, just fucking weird. When they talked about gods and goddesses before, it seemed more like of a like Distant. a Greek, like a Greek mythology type thing. It was reality in this book, right? But before it 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 seemed more like mythology, like. Just stories passed down. Yeah. Whatever. And now all of a sudden it's all true. And Roselle, I don't know if we haven't really mentioned this yet. Oh, um, little question. She is a descendant on her dad's side of a goddess. I skipped over that one because I'm just like, meh. Yeah. So, but since we're talking about the gods and goddesses, so apparently Roselle is an actual goddess. Descendant of goddess. Okay, but she has the powers of a goddess now. Dormant, but now, now, Ooh, now, no longer dom, no, not dom, no longer dormant. Yeah. Um, we got Cherno over there, the dragon. We've got um, apparently Clifton is a, a god fucking god with time. no powers anymore. How do you lose your fucking powers? Yeah, Clifton? I, I, what? <laughs> that that threw me. And the whole uh, rose gardeners are all gods and yeah. goddesses. When Cherno was like the first one to be like, oh, we have to go wake up all the gods and goddesses. They'll help you. And Rose Roselle's like, what? What? <laughs> Echo that Roselle. What? What? Like, he's like, yeah, if they were awake, none of this would be happening right now. And then, um, it, was it a twist that Roselle pretty much got superpowers? And was this a good turning point of yeah. the book? And or, like, she became immortal, just and, like Crow. And 
superpowers galore. Like, just, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. In this, I wrote this before we knew the, the rest of the story. So just in the moment that Hawthorne died, were you sad about it? Oh, yeah. I honestly wasn't. <laughs> I was for the fact that he was Roselle's first love. But I really wanted her with a ring. I don't know why I, when he died, I, because I, I did like them together. But for some reason, when he died, I was just like, uh, he was kind was, of a jerk, jerk in the end. It kind of seemed like it was inevitable for him to die. So I was just like, yeah, well, that's fine. Um, oh, here's all the people that were brought back. Here's my next real question for you: What did you think about Flanagan, Edgerton, and Hammond being brought back? Was it something you expected? I mean, no. How was I supposed to expect that one? Flanagan, <laughs> fuck no. Edgerton and Hammond, more likely than that. Flanagan, Flanagan. who was dead? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wound to smithereens was what we found out in the first book. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Next one, you ready? Let's just get through this. Okay. Uh, I don't have a lot left. Oh, wait. Can I just ask this question because it's about the gods and goddesses? Yes. Because we just, we mostly touched on it. Um, Do you think the addition of gods and goddesses was a bit much? Or was it the only way for Crow to be defeated? Bit much, Nicole. Bit much. But also, it was the only way for Crow to be defeated, right? But bit much. (laughs) All right, go ahead. My next comment is, Rankin and Rizzo's reunion! But then, Crow in this alternate universe? What the fuck? In my opinion, the book took a strange turn. I can't talk even right now. I'm so... Okay. Let me start over. Try again. Crow in this alternate universe. What the fuck? In my opinion, the book took a strange turn. What do you think? Absolutely, it took a strange turn. Even more strange than the gods and goddesses? Like, legit? Yeah, like... What? Like, okay, okay, we already have gods and goddesses. Now Roselle is immortal. Did you have trouble keeping up with the alternate universe characters in the, 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 the two? Not, not really. But the initial but concept was just like... Yes. The initial what? concept was real confusing. But then, in the... So now there, there's a, there are two Roselles. Two Roselles! And Hawk, Hawk, Hawthorne is alive. And but but Ransom killed his Ransom. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? It made and sense. Then, and then it made sense. I had to remember. And I'm going, yeah, Ransom killed Ransom. But Ransom's still alive. But Roselle? <laughs> 2.0 and Hawthorne. 2.0. 2.0 and... It was a lot. It was a lot. And she had the... I think I have a question about this later, so I won't bring it up right this second. Okay, here's my next thing. Isn't it a little hypocritical of Raken to be so mad about Roselle threatening to kill his brother when he would have killed hers if given the chance? One word. Absolutely. (laughs) Let's move on. Okay. You want to go or should I? Uh, Let's see what I got next. Ooh, ooh, I have a great one. Okay. Roselle finally chooses Rankin, and the book's sex scene was non-existent. 
non-existent. I'm not mad. You are mad. <laughs> there was a sex scene. No, it was. <sighs> I guess it wasn't described in detail. <sighs> I was getting home from work mm-hmm. and they're about to get it on, Nicole. And I'm just like, yes, mm-hmm. finally. It took three books for them to <laughs> fuck. And then, and then they're getting into the heavy. And then, and then it's the next day. And they're waking up, Nicole. Oh, so- I did not get my satisfying oh. sex scene. Yeah. Everything else was in detail. You're right. But not the P entering the vid. The G V. I was so irritated. Yeah, I, I was waiting so much right now. The whole fucking time for a beautiful <laughs> sex scene and nothing. Nicole. She remember book one, right, with Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. She was like, no, no. Second book, no, no. Finally, everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I was peeved. All right, I'm going to take a turn for you. Go for it. Give me out. Mm, take me away from this peevedness. Just a couple of thoughts. So, okay. How cool was that fucking automated hairstyler thing? Well, yeah. I fucking cool. wish I had one of those well, where you yeah. program grandma hairstyle and it just fixes it up for you and the makeup too. Where was that in my life? non-existent and then i put just like the sex scene okay this i think has more to do with you your part all right i said lol at cherno being disgusted by roselle kissing her quote-unquote slave rakin (laughs) (laughs) can you just like in my presence stop kissing your slave role (laughs) i'm sorry it's you and jorge who do the public kissing okay so if you could stop that Stop it. You know, you stop it. Stop it. Here's my last page. Ugh. All right. I just have, I have like one last question and then like a, just a let's discuss, but I just, I I just said a couple things. So your turn. Was it as predictable to you that Roselle would get alternate world Roselle and Hawthorne to help her? I mean, it seemed like that was the plan. So. Yes. Nailed it. <laughs> Done. Your turn. All right. Okay. Back to the Hawthorne and thing, whatever. I said, okay, if Roselle had the ability to insert an organic implant like her own in Hawthorne, why didn't she do that for Raken before he was killed? Because I love you, baby. I don't want to fuck your brain up. And done. She did it to Hawthorne. Hawthorne was expendable. Raken is her father. But then to save him, she put one in his head. So why not do... If you have the ability to magically put this implant, because it's not like she had another one. She can magically put this because of her (laughs) goddess powers. She can magically implant. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Like, if you could do that, would you not put that 
in your lover's head before he dies because now he's immortal. I would think so. Thank you. You're welcome. And then I just put before the what would you do? I just simply put okay. Let's discuss the ending. My um, my next question is the entire crow slaying scene. Dot dot dot. What? I don't even remember. Where she comes back to her universe, and she pretty much slays a thousand crows. Yes. At the same time, mm-hmm. that's all I really wanted to talk about was the, the, what? I think she had help. The Flanagans came back to help her, remember? But initially she was just slaughtering and then, right. yeah, they did help. But then the Flanagans helped and I guess they slaughtered enough to make them go away for a moment because in the end, it sounds like they didn't fully eradicate Crow, but they were living a happily ever after. But there were still some crows out there. Right? That's a chicken. <laughs> Crow the chicken is still out there, Nicole. But right, there were still at least some crows yeah, left. Yeah, an alternate and the other universes. This is. So did they like manage to banish them and like close off the portals? Like, how are they living this happily ever after now? I don't know, but the ending, was it perfect or too predictable? It was, the whole ending and everything was just like, what? <laughs> but I'm talking about alternate Roselle and Roselle becoming BFFs. Well, obviously. And then getting pregnant at the same time and then so, pregnant again at the same time. Actually, this brings, you know, that brings me, the Roselles. Brings me straight into my, well, first, what would you do? Can oh, I please? I'm so excited. Can Go I please? for it. Yes. Okay. What would you do if there were two of you and two different men you loved? And I put dot, dot, dot. I'm thinking threesome for sure. <laughs> I mean, but the dot, dot, dot. Yes. <laughs> Why wouldn't I go for both at the same time? You don't have to choose anymore. Not anymore. Fuck the other alternate Roselle. I'm number one head bitch. No, but it's like two Roselles and them. Like, But only one Hawthorne and one Rankin. That's my point. I'm thinking both Roselles with both men. (laughs) Yes! Even better! (laughs) And so my first what would you do to you is... What would you do if you discovered that another version of you and an alternate of, of you lived in an alternate universe? Would you go and try to mate yourself? I don't know. Probably. Probably want to see like what version of me she is. <laughs> I'd have to. Like cuz you know you already have kind of like okay if I were brave enough, or if I were braver, or if I were less shy, or if, or if I was this or that, like, yeah. I would probably be doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. So your alternate universe self is probably doing X, Y, Z. One of those things. <laughs> so I think it would be really cool to go see, like, okay, if, if there is another version of me, like, what is that life like? Like, I think that would be fun. Am I just as cool as I am now, or am I lame right now? Am I cooler? cooler (laughs) Oh, that's great. 
All right, my last one. All right, what would you do if you found out you were a goddess? Would you want that much power and to be immortal? Yes. To both? Done. Yes. All right. You? I think it would be fun to have all the power, but I don't know if I'd want to be immortal. Living forever sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like you get a lot of lovers in your life. That too. I don't know. I guess it depends. Like, do I have, do I get at some point as an immortal, do you get to retire eventually and just have a fun ass life? Can laid back? Jorge be immortal with me? I don't know. I'm just not, maybe not. That's why I'm like, if you alone are just a goddess. Then just, yes. Like, do you want to be a goddess? Por que no? I guess sometimes when you have that much power, on the flip side, like it could be just like a lot of responsibility. Mm. Like, do you want that much responsibility? And because you have that much power, you probably have a lot of enemies. Mm. So I think that's where I like. Mm. Part of me is like yes, but then part of me is like I don't know if I want to deal with all that bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. Last one. Okay. Between a clip, this is you, not not Rizal, but you. Okay. Between Clifton, Hawthorne, and Rankin, who would you choose to be with? I asked you that same exact question during Trader Born. <laughs> awesome. I'm so glad I can bring it back. Rankin, still. <laughs> still on the Rankin train. Same. Done. Um, I do wish she had put that organic implant in his head before he died. Like, I definitely would have done that. But yeah, Reagan is still my number one and her trio of men option. So I'm glad that's who she, at and least then, one of them, ended up with. <laughs> <laughs> but alternate Roselle got <sighs> Hawthorne. But I wonder if there's an alternate alternate Roselle that got Clifton. Probably. 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 Hmm. Yep. All right. Yeah. Um, what are we going to discuss next week? So next week, we're actually going to have a cool um, bonus episode where we, okay, so we're pretty excited because a year ago, a little mm-hmm. over a year ago, we um, read Behind Her Eyes for, I don't know, this is a second time for me. How many times for you? Uh, second or third. Second or third. And we um, did a whole episode over the book. And the book is phenomenal. Can I tell you, Behind Her Eyes is Above and beyond our most listened to episode. I love it. It Yay. has almost 170 listens. Fuck yes. Yeah. So we've listened to this book multiple times. And like before it became a whole craze, th- this is actually a book that we just adored. And then um, a TV series came out this year. Yep. On Netflix. And so we've watched it. And... Yeah. We have some things to say about it. It's just, I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, so it's going to be, you know, like we've done a few other times, going to be our, our comparison to the book. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be as detailed because it's been so long since we read the book, but because we have read it a few times, I feel like it's all pretty much there. Yeah. But yeah, that's what we'll give you next week. Book, movie comparison. Yeah. Um, but until then, you can find us at Read Around the rose on instagram read around the rose on facebook read around the rose at gmail.com and as always you can rate and review us at apple podcasts and we still have yet to have any takers on this but i'll throw it out again you can go to anchor.fm slash read around the rose 
and leave us a lovely voice message. You can literally tell us anything, ask us any questions, whatever you want, and we can include your voice on our podcast. Did you like book three of the Second Born trilogy? Yeah. Was it a necessary book to finish the series? I don't know. Let us know. Was it off the wall? A little bit. If you have a suggestion, do you just have a personal question for Megan or me? Let us know. Until then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Yay!